Hi, Bono. Hey, Marty. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, welcome back to the airwaves on uh, on XRT, man. It's uh, it, it's been a while, and it's always nice to have you uh, have you on the radio, and also nice to have you with a new record. It, it's a relationship that we treasure, and one of the few stations that was with us from the very beginning. So I'm absolutely thrilled. I hope uh, is, is Norm Weiner still. Cracking the whip there? <laughs> yes, he is. In fact, uh, just last week, it was his 35th anniversary. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. Yeah, that sort of mirrors your your career. Well, please give him my very best. It's, you know, in the end, radio is, is everything. And, you know, he, he just, I heard, I got to hear the miracle of Joey Ramone yesterday for the first time on the radio here at home in Dublin. And it just, I just about jumped out of my seat. I was with excitement. So that's still exciting for uh, for you, seeing that you've been making records for all these years, and you hear a song on the radio, and it still hits you like that. That's uh, that's really cool. It, yeah, it, it, it is. It, it always counts, but particularly uh, the miracle. It's just so noisy and unreasonable and messy, and it's you know, it's just I just love it. So I'm really happy. And the breakdown in the middle, I you know, it's I live for moments like that, and and and. and on rock record, right, and it is it is such a cool song and such a great way to get the record going, um, because it it really plays into I guess the theme of the record, which is uh, what a personal album it is. You know, we've always been used to you two with these expansive records and records with big themes, and on this one, musically, it certainly is that. But uh, in terms of the lyrics, you've you've brought it back to like your own lives and. It, I think that's something that really can connect with uh, with uh, YouTube fans, and uh, I'm sure it's really important to you guys too. Yeah, you know, it turns out the bigger themes in this life are are the smaller ones. You know, and they're, 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 the tiny memories are are sometimes you know gigantic. Um, I remember I read it was James Foley, that journalist, the hostage. Um, who was so brutally murdered um, by ISIS, I mean, and he had it was a letter smuggled out by memory by one of his friends, and he was sort of saying goodbye to all his family, and he just remembered these little things. You know, each brother was like being chased around the garden dressed as a werewolf, and and these are the things we will remember each other by, and and it's you know not sometimes the big profound moments and. I felt, you know, I felt fresh out of profundity. <laughs> I was just like, I just want to go there. I want these tunes to be airborne, to be light in their feet. Just, you know, like you know, in a Beatles record, you know, you could you could stray into dark territory, but then just stray back into a pop song. I wrote a song about my mother. How unpunk rock is that? But then John Lennon did that, and. You know, there was, there was nowhere I wasn't going to go if if I felt it was valid to our early days and, and what made us the band we are and what made me the um, annoying, <laughs> insufferable little Jesus that I am. Well, the record sort of plays like if you were writing an autobiography of yourself and the band was writing this autobiography. It's like the first two or three chapters. It's the the early formative years, and and that, that that's that's pretty cool. You know, your records have always been so emotional uh, with those big themes we were just talking about in a way. But this is emotional 
in your own life, like looking back instead of looking forward. It's uh, it, it must have yeah, uh, like, like the the road you grow up on. You know, we're still on that street. You know, there's the person that we were shaped um, uh, by, the, the people that shaped us. Um, you know, they're still with us. I just, it's an amazing thing. And I believe in, in people's ability to remake themselves and be, you know, reborn. But there's a lot of us, you know, that's still, you've just got to, still standing on that street. And so I wrote about Cedarwood Road, a beautiful little suburban street. But, you know, there were dark stories in and around there, too. And I didn't shy from them as well as the the joyful stuff of friendship. And, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of the people I, I grew up with on Cedarwood Road. Right. Well, you know, and it's also amazing that uh, the band, you 2 has been together as long as it has as this one unit, and you guys have been friends since, you know, you were in your teen years, going back all those years. And, you know, for many people, as they get older in life, they uh, have a hard time keeping up with uh, with those friends from, from the early days, but you guys are still in each other's lives and still making great arts, and it's uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, you know, on this album, we, we ended up sharing houses a lot, <laughs> which was funny. And, you know, in London, uh, I was sharing with the band. I had uh, the misfortune of having Edge over me uh, in the room above me, and he doesn't go to bed. He just plays the guitar all night. In fact, song for someone, the opening of beautiful sort of playing uh, um, at the opening of song for someone, he... he he was doing that for three hours one night, like from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And, but, you know, seeing people, you know, in the kitchen the next day, um, and, you know, some of them are coming in from the studio or wherever they've been, it's kind of, it's just great. I, I, I realize that we do like each other's company as well, though we do you know, we do kick shit out of each other in the studio, and things can get brutal. Um, but there's, I think, enough respect um, to, you know, to, to heal those wounds. Mm-hmm. Not many wounds on this one, though. <laughs> well, it was such a surprise to get the record last week, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, but one thing uh, I would like to know is why... Why did it take uh, such a, a long time to make this record? I mean, we've been expecting it for a while, and I know that you guys worked on it for a long time. Why this record? Why, why was there such a long expanse of time in making it? I've had this kind of road to Damascus experience about songwriting. Um, and I'm, you know, I, you two, we can make some interesting songs, and we had. We have albums worth of, of songs. Um, and, you know, and some great storytelling and some great, you know, great, great flights of fantasy. But, but were they, like, going to be up there with our absolute best work? Were they going to be up there with other people's best work? And if not, what would be the point in putting them out, you know? So we just, we kept getting more and more excited by what we were doing rather than what we had done. The standard just gets up getting higher. And then when Brian Burton, who was producing the album, he had to go to, to, to work on Broken Bells and some other projects. We, we, we looked out to other people, who, but who, people who put songs first. We wanted, like, best song people around. So 
uh, we worked with Ryan Tedder and Paul Epworth. They'd worked on Adele. And, you know, you don't, you know, even if you're in a rock and roll band or punk rock band, you, you can't mess with those melodies. It's like the Ramones. It's like, you know, they were just the best melodies um, at the time. And so I think that was it. We were just pushing ourselves to just to write the best songs that we could, songs that if you played them on an acoustic guitar in a subway station, as people were walking by, people would stop and listen to them. Those kind of songs. The record uh, being released last Tuesday, like I said, such a surprise. Uh, I had left the office for two hours, and I came back, and it's like... Uh, Hey, you know, there's a new U2 record. <laughs> like, wow! And then to have it be uh, be released in the way that it was, in the groundbreaking way, via iTunes, and uh, you know, all of the uh, the uh, reaction to to this release. Uh, now that we're a week, you know, into it, a week later, how is it sitting with you? How do you feel about everything that's gone on this past week? Well, I just heard that. 38 million people have listened to the album in the last seven days. And this is all any songwriter could ever ask for. And whether those songs, you know, will mean enough for people to take them, you know, with them and the rest of their life, we shall see. But, but they listen to it, and that's it. I'm trying to break through the noise, you know, is a pretty punk rock way of doing it. And, you know, Apple are... You know, have anybody been trying to get technology to be fairer on musicians and trying to make sure that musicians got paid? So they seemed like the perfect people to be partnering with. And and people who are part of iTunes, they, they sound like the perfect people to be rewarded with a gift because they've been paying for music. So it's not a free gift from you, too. Um, um, it's a free gift from Apple. Apple paid Universal. And, um, and it's kind of great. Um, and if people are very worried about, uh, about it um, and they, they don't want us um, in, their, in their library, um, all I can say is, you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears just went into your junk mail. Uh, <laughs> next, you know, there are... You know, no one has deleted more U2 songs in the last five years than the members of U2. <laughs> Having it in the hands of 33 million people is pretty unprecedented, and uh, and that's pretty great. So, so all the best on that. And uh, I know that the record is coming out, so the actual physical copy of the album, in, in October. And what's coming along with that for uh, for people who may want to uh, to purchase it? There's a couple of songs important songs um, not just for the narrative just again they're just great tunes there's one called Lucifer's Hands um, there's another one called The Crystal Ballroom The Crystal Ballroom is a place it was a punk club in Dublin in the 70s but it's also where um, my mother and father dated and so <laughs> this kind of crazy track I have my mother and father turning up while we're playing our early gigs and uh, it's a, they're making out and it's, 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 it's a bit messy <laughs> but I just played with it because we're playing with, with time and I thought it would be fun and um, that's great and we have some acoustic versions of these songs there's an acoustic version of Every Breaking Wave which mm. will 
really kill you. There's one of California, which has just got big brass, this big like soul section, like a Van Morrison song. There's one of Raised uh, by Wolves that sounds like African music, like Fela Kuti or something. It's 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 just been great because, again, because we worked so hard and on these songs. They they can stand this. They can you know you can you can play them in any shape or form, and that's that's not true of every U two song. Mm. You know some of our songs, some of our most beloved songs are not songs. <laughs> They're things, and and we will always you know experiment and and you know, our last album was full of experimentation. But this one, we wanted just the songs. Line them up. Whose songs are better than these? Can they stand next to those? Who's writing the best songs around? Let's, you know, let's put them next to them. Let's just see where where we're going here. And you know, the, the sort of crushing blow was that it, it wasn't that easy. And it turns out these songs are like miracles. I mean, they're impossible. Um, so you have to wait. You know, I. You know, Quincy, Quincy Jones, the great producer, used to say to me, you have to wait for God to walk through the room. And I said, yeah, but Quincy, why do, why do we have to wait so long? <laughs> and he said, to teach you patience, man, to teach you patience. So maybe we weren't as as gifted as we thought we were. But, you know, in the end, the gift is... The gift is the song itself, not any of the people who wrote it, you know, and and they're, they're, they're here now, and you can play them. There's no, there's no fat on this record, and there's no holes barred, you know, we just went there. This is it, and, and if, you don't, if you don't like it, you probably just don't like us, and, and, and apparently that's not a crime. Well, it sounds like it was an amazing experience for you guys to make this record and then release it the way you did. And, and you know, for a band that's been together as long as you have to always be pushing it forward and going into new places and just uh, surprising us all the time. Yeah, you know, there is this thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, called the interweb. <laughs> it's just like, it, we're in the very early days of it. You know, it's it's like mankind 20 years after discovering fire. It's It's still new and... We don't have a clue yet as to its full potential, but let's experiment. And I'm very excited about going forward because, you know, in, in, in about 18 months, two years, you know, a musician will know, a songwriter will know if their song is being played anywhere in the world and how many times and where. And therefore, they, sh- and they should be able to be paid as quick. That's coming. That is just an unstoppable wave. That's called transparency, and it's, it's going to change a lot of people's lives. Also, there's new formats coming, and Apple are at the absolute cutting edge of this, trying to make the experience of music more immersive again with album art and photography and all of this. So I, I'm very, very excited about the future, but the future isn't here yet, and the present is broken. So we thought, well, whilst the present is broken and and the charts are not reflecting what people are actually listening to it, why should we play that game? Let's let's find another game in the meantime. And uh, you know, wasn't that the Apple campaign? Einstein sticking his tongue out, think different. So you know, you, you know, if you disrupt, you're always going to upset some people. 
but that was the job of anyone who joined a punk rock band in the first place. You're not going to get any argument here. But I just want to thank you. I want to thank you a lot for calling in and for being so open and frank about this record and what everything that went into it. And, uh, you know, it's always great talking to you. And we can't wait till you come back to Chicago um, until you tour. And uh, we, you two know, shows have always been such emotional experiences going way back to the beginning. And, uh, you know, to have you guys back out on the road. Playing yeah, well, the feeling is mutual. Chicago stood beside, behind our experimentation, and it goes deep with us. And I understand that when you've been around as, as long as we have been, um, that sometimes you know can, you can wear out your welcome, and people feel it's not them again. Um, but it is us again. And we've got the tunes, and and we can play them. We can play them in a stadium. We can play them in a pub. We can play them in the you know bus station. Uh, we've got the tunes. That's our only excuse um, uh, for still being in your face. Mm. Well, until that time, take it easy, and thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you then. Okay. <laughs>